recorded on pre-war holotapes while drinking Nuka-Cola Quantum. It's the Underachievements Podcast. Well, it's been so long, I guess we should make some introductions. We have a new person on the podcast, if you've only listened to the first two episodes. And his name is Bane. We've known him for a long time, but this is the first time he's been on the Underachievements Podcast. Say hello, Bane. Hello. Not to be confused with the Batman Bane. No, you have a different spell. I have an I in my name. <laughs> and my parents know nothing of Batman, so do not think for a moment that that's where I came from. For I was it. not conceived atop a Batman comic. <laughs> we also have our other two guys here. Uh, say hello, guys. Hey, how are you doing over there, Uncle Joe? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, how are you doing over there, Devin? Doing wonderful. You may hear me talk about over there, and I'm going to let Devin explain why that is. Well, unlike in the past, we've recorded through the magic of the internet. We're recording all in the same room right now, the magic of audio equipment. I see our audio equipment. It's all over your living room. The brand new mixer, Behringer. Oh, yeah. I believe it's the model. Yeah, brand new. Behringer. Everybody got their brand spanking new microphones? Yeah. All around? Yeah. We're doing this Oof. all for you, listeners. Well, I have another question for you it, since things have changed. What has remained the same? I know one thing that's remained the same. We're all drinking. We are all drinking. We have added cheese to the equation. Mm. We did add cheese. That is Bane's contribution. We uh, What is it called? A sh- shark- charcuterie? Shark- yeah. Charcuterie? Meat and cheese board. A meat and Basically, cheese board. yeah. Yeah. Had salami, some prosciutto, and uh, we had what was it? Smoked, smoked gouda, gouda buttercasa, havarti, buttercasa, the uh, a dill havarti, and we served them atop different types of triscuits. <laughs> yeah, you, we don't want to get too fancy. We still want to stick with our, our keep ourselves with rooted with triscuits <laughs> <laughs> and our assorted assorted beers that we grab. So beer and cheese is a good way to I think start our evenings. Oh yeah. So what you guys drinking? I have a lemon ginger Rattler in my glass from Carbock Brewing out of Texas, and uh, it is delightful. It's uh, about a 3.5 ABV. It smells like sausage. <laughs> it does. It smells like it has sage in it. It's really weird. I'm drinking a push-up IPA by Natchez. Was that the one that was... Citrusy? I was going to say if it was citrus. I couldn't think if I was thinking of the old push-up, like the pops. Oh, yeah. A little. I would be lying if I said that... I didn't think of that when buying it, and it might have influenced Influence, my purchase. Yeah, yeah, that was like my little Flintstones mm-hmm. branding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I myself am drinking, I believe it was Samuel Adams Cold Snap, which I don't generally care for Samuel Adams stuff, but for some reason they did a really good job on Cold Snap. I don't know what they do different, but it's one of the only Samuel Adams beers I like. What is uh, Uncle Joe drinking? I just finished a flare incident from Lucky Town Brewery. Always good. I've been very pleased with Lucky Town. One of the few things you can expect good out of Mississippi. Yeah, we're running behind on the child obesity now, so <laughs> we got to catch up in other things. Yeah, well, I get underage drinking. Maybe you get fat on beer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I guess moving along with this, I don't really have WoW-related news to put in here. Uh, neither me, nor Uncle Joe, nor Joe, nor Bane have really been in WoW lately. Mm-mm. Bane, I don't think you've really been playing... I've, since childhood, I've never been much of <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, the entire world has been at me to get on WoW, and I just never have. 
You I've played, done it a little. Yeah, you did a little I bit. I did a little. I think I was uh, like an orc druid, I believe is what I stepped in. I think is what... Nope, nope. Nope, not an orc. Not a druid he, if you're an orc. He had the little teeth, the big, like the horns coming out of his face. Shaman? Orc shaman, maybe? I could have sworn he was Troll. Because he would transform into bears and panthers. And, okay, or but he was, and, did he have a long nose and was he lanky or big and buff? He was lanky. Troll. Troll. Okay, so an, or a druid troll. Anybody that is a big WoW you fan. Close. You were well, close. You know, I can just imagine all the WoW fans, like, they're, you know, grasping at their chest. They're like all burning Fred their phones San- right yeah, now. Yeah, like Fred Sanford. Like, they're done with this podcast oh, and no. they're burning their phones. Yeah. And they came back after so long with this crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, the only thing I've been doing lately in WoW is once a week logging in and for about like 30 minutes. I go into old raid content. I go into Sunwell Plateau, and I try to get these weapon drops, right? And they happen, but they're on the wrong character. <laughs> and I keep getting more and more frustrated because I have to wait a full week to do it again. <sighs> have you been running these characters in the same order every time? Or I swap it up. I've been okay. swapping it up. But that's all I've been doing lately in, in WoW. Kind of reminds me of the days of uh, the Destiny runs. You would obviously your drops would be the Ingrams, and you wouldn't know what they were because they were just little, you know, dodecahedrons or whatever you want to call them, little D twenty dies that would drop on the ground. You'd pick them up and take them to uh, old dude bro. Can't think of his name now because I hate him so much. <laughs> and he would he would basically decrypt it, and you would get whatever weapon, or he would just tell you whatever weapon it was. But for the longest time, for whatever reason. Uh, Bungie just thought it was a good idea. Obviously, you have your tiers. You have like the green and the, the purple and the orange, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. your classic tier colors. And you, you take it to the dude to decrypt it, and like th- it wouldn't keep to the color. So you would get an exotic, an orange. Woohoo! Everybody's really excited, and they would run back as quick as they could. You know, the golden ticket. I got the golden ticket. Yeah. They run back to the base <laughs> and hand it to the guy. It would turn green sometimes. What it would it would drop like two or three levels? Oh, that would piss me of off. Quality. Oh no! Like he he became of like meme worthiness, and it, it it took him a few months, but Bungie finally stepped off of it. But it was it was infuriating where you would work your butt off to get an exotic, and take it back to the the cryptarch that was his name, the cryptarch, and he would turn it into like just what the hell ever he felt like. It wouldn't even stick to the color of the actual Ingram. It was a. It became a very. It was a very depressing time. Well, a lot of the stuff for Destiny was depressing, but it was one of the more darker times of of of, of Destiny. <laughs> now, thank God, they they pretty much stick with the color. You may not get the drop you want, but it's at least the grade you were expecting. Seems like everybody's problems with uh, Destiny One and Two is like being screwed out of loot. Yeah, it was. It was you know RNG to the maximum, but it didn't. It didn't even feel like good RNG. It felt like it was. I guess it's almost like a rigged RNG because there's always one person in the group that would just get everything. Mm-hmm. We had we had a girl that played with us. She would get every weapon that she if she she could like take the Ingram and just wish and just wish and wish and wish and hand it over to the Cryptarch and he would give it to her. If it was a brand new weapon they had just released, everybody was yearning for it. The I uh, can't think of the big rocket launcher everybody wanted, but she was like one of the first ones to get it. And it would just do stuff like that. Like it would just pick a particular person and they would just, they would be fully kitted within a week and everybody else, it would take them like a month to two months to get kitted 
And not only that, people would get duplicates of that same gear that everybody else wanted. It was just really bad RNG. And and the, the raids weren't made very well in many cases. Like some of the raids would, you would do the necessary steps to farm it, but it would just not work. Like you were supposed to like jump up and hit him with a melee weapon. You, you, you're supposed to do it like two or three times and then run away. And then they would kind of do the whole reset thing where you hit him with rockets and it'll make him crouch down. And the other person jumps out and hits him with a sword and blah, blah, blah. You would just repeat that pattern over and over again. But every now and again, you would hit him twice and he would just stand back up and then just turn around and slap you. And now uh. it was supposed to be, you were supposed to be able to get three hits in, but he would just sometimes just stand up at two hits and then just boop. So yeah, it was just, uh, the drops were just not, it was RNG, but it just didn't feel it didn't feel random. It felt like it almost like picked on people. Well, I'm going to go RNG and pick on somebody. Devin. Yeah, man. Tell us what other stuff you've been doing. Well, I can start off with uh, the adventures of the audio equipment here. Yes, I see it. But people listening on in audio format may not. And we mentioned some of it. But you know, take us through it. Take us through your adventures. Well, I got this audio mixer, which allows us to all connect these microphones into it and start recording. But the problem that we had early on was the microphone that I had, that Razor microphone. Mm. Yeah, that was mm. fun. So The Siren. The Razor Siren Pro. Don't. Yeah, don't get it. Also, <laughs> as far as I understand, the uh, Blue Yeti Pro works the same way. It has a 5-pin cable, and it comes with a Y adapter for two 3-pin cables. And you have to plug both of those in for it to work. It apparently takes the 45 volt, 48 volt phantom, 48 volt phantom power from both to power it. You end up using two inputs on your, on your mixer that way. But also, in the process of finding this out, we did something to my microphone and it just flat busted. Yeah. And so that ridiculous Arizona tea can sized microphone <laughs> is just a piece of junk sitting yeah. in there now everything we plugged into it was within its specifications 5 volt usb or 48 volt phantom yep, and yep. it just killed right over i have replaced that with an audio technica 2020 and it's uh doing pretty good you sound real good man thanks man and, you much, too. and it's about half the size and about yeah. a quarter of the weight oh yeah I wasn't sure it was going to work on that arm I have in there yeah. in, the, in my office because it's got, it, it's basically made for like some of the blue Yeti microphones, yeah. that microphone. It's made for heavy microphones. Put that one there, like sling it to the ceiling. I was afraid it did, but it didn't. <laughs> but when I took this one off earlier, the arm just like flung straight up. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't, you know, hit anything. Could have hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Beyond that, uh, the only real gaming I've done since I haven't been doing WoW stuff I've been messing around with a couple of buddies in uh, Fallout 76. How's that been? So the game is not doing well. (laughs) And it's not a great game, but I've been having a blast with it. Yeah. I've never played a Fallout game before. Oh. You were telling me a little bit about the PvP and how that works. So that was a worry a lot of people had early on in this game, is that you're going to have a lot of griefers, and you don't. Because one of the ways they thought ahead with this game is if somebody sees you and they want to try to initiate some PvP, they will shoot you, but it does such minimal damage 
you could just ignore them. Mm-hmm. Now, when you turn around and you start shooting them in return, then it's on. Then you guys have initiated PvP, and you actually started damaging each other. But I've run across a bunch of people in the game. Nobody has actually started any PvP. There was one time somebody started PvP and killed Rob, and that was only because he took their water. And we were fresh to the game, and he just thought, hey, look, there's this crate, and it's got water in it. It was a person's crate in their little hut, and he just took their water. And they kind of shot him, and they took it back. And then he respawned. They left us alone. They didn't care. That was it. That's all. That, that's the only PvP we've come across in there. But since then, we've been running around. The environment's really pretty. And we were just headed to a quest one day when Reagan and Rob got freaked out by something they saw. And I was up the hill picking flowers. Mm-hmm. Reagan, of course, was like, what the hell was that? Reagan says that a lot, though. <laughs> And Rob said, said Mothman. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started, I was like, Mothman, what are you talking? So I, I Googled. And I was like, is this the thing you guys saw? I said, yeah. And then we found out that there's a, a quest near yeah. the lighthouse I where you can summon little, him. Two little beady red eyes. Is yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he just vanished when they saw him. So I didn't get a chance to see it. But there's a quest we found where you can summon the, the, the Mothman. And he, then you can just like take selfies with him. He's like a non hostile mothman but we tried to do that the other day but you got to wait for the quest to be up it's not always there it's a special mm. event mm. but i've been having fun with fallout 76 but we only i only get on with uh robin reagan every i don't know every other week it seems yeah we're trying to play that a bit more often uh i, I like to play these games those types of games socially with people so I don't really mm. get on when they're not there right but you also had another game that you play you were going to try to play with reagan right Exactly, and I still haven't gotten a chance to do that. Well, uh, what would it be if you're going to play it? Well, that's the game is Atlas, hmm. and hmm. Atlas is like essentially a pirate MMO made by the makers of Ark. It's 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 very much Ark with pirates. I think they should have called it Yark. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So the problem with the game when we were trying to get into it is we couldn't get into it yeah literally could not get into the game we we started to try and spawn and you pick like your little node like we're on the map and and reagan and i spawn in in the water and you gotta swim to the closest island and you get on the island you you do whatever you need to build a raft and you get your ass off the off the island into like the mainland right mm-hmm. well reagan spawns in he swims up to the nearest island i spawn in there are no near islands I'm in the middle of the damn ocean and I got killed by a giant jellyfish, mm-hmm. but there was nothing around me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself and try and respawn in. And I couldn't, I couldn't get back in. Reagan tried to kill himself and we tried to spawn back in. We couldn't get into any node that we chose and we just gave up for the time being. And we haven't tried again. Eventually we'll get in and try and do that because I really do want to play that game. It looks really fun. Uh, unfortunately, most of the people I've been seeing on Twitch play have resorted to playing on private servers. There's apparently a big problem with like I think it's a like a Korean guild that has just been they're huge and they got they were huge on Ark and they kind of moved to this game and they just keep going in the service and just kind of steamrolling, just destroying everybody's boats and ships that they're building hmm. and then just kind of going as one big mass destroying things. Wow. Yeah. That. that- makes me think about 
the Eve Online. Yeah, that's kind of what companies that would that would do that. I always think of the old YouTube videos. Like, if you want to see some just the psychotic nature that gamers can can achieve, just watch videos of Eve players. Like, they are bananas. Like, they are abs- like some of the most hostile people I think I've ever heard coming through headsets <laughs> has been on, like, Eve organizations and Eve battles and stuff like that. Like, it's, you're talking about some to- toxicity. Like yeah. It, it makes... It makes League of Legends look passive. Yep. That that is pretty extreme then. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I remember when I first played League of Legends, like this was like the first it's like the bunny slopes match. It wasn't even against it wasn't even PvP or PvE. It was literally my team of humans versus AI. Like it is very much the beginning, like this is how you learn the game. First match I ever played. Apparently there was an MLG PvE guy. That just hangs out in the training oh, yeah? servers. And, yeah, you know, obviously you've got your top lane, your mid lane, and your bottom lane. And this dude just ragged me. I think I played Singed at the time. And he just, the entire match was just on my butt because I think I bottomed with Singed. Something like that. I forget all the strategies, stuff like that. But, yeah, this is like this is like the training grounds. And this guy is yelling at people that, I have like have been playing the game for maybe thirty minutes, but yeah, this guy's like I, I guess he just uh, that's where he got his strength. <laughs> wow! I guess is just playing against bots. It made him feel empowered enough to yell at whoever else came in the game as a starter. So that that was that was my first match ever in 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 League of Legends. So Devin, why do I see a Xbox 360 in your game cabinet? Well, okay, I pulled that out. Because, as you know, they announced Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 coming out this year. Now, it's going to be a a Nintendo Switch exclusive, but I was a big fan of the other Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. And I have both of them on the Xbox 360. I looked to see if I could find those in the backwards compatibility list. Microsoft actually has a list on on their website of the backwards compatible games. Those games are not there. I was surprised by this. I went out to the Microsoft store to see if I could just download them. They're listed, but they're not available for download. You can redeem a code if you have one, but that's it. Now, they re-released these games in 2016, and they, they were on like every platform. They were even on Steam. But they've all been pulled. All digital forms have been pulled off of all the stores. I, I also found out that the 2016 release had a lot of bugs, a lot of complaints, and supposedly the developers are going to fix that. I don't know if they ever did, but that's okay. I still have my copies. I can't play them on the Xbox One, though. The only way I can play them is to put them into the Xbox 360, and that's why the Xbox 360 has been pulled back out. And what I want to do is I want to play through those games again before the new one comes out. Right. And I'm going to make you guys play that with me. So, <laughs> hey, guess what? Now, does the story p- continue from each one? I am unclear on this. It is a different developer. From what little I know, which is basically just, I watched the trailer, right? So I know nothing more than anybody else that's seen the trailer. It looks like that this game is is maybe only going to have the MCU characters and uh, a few more, right? So there is no other X-Men character in the trailer other than Wolverine. We also have all the Guardians of the Galaxy. All the modern ones. Yeah, all the modern ones, right. Uh, and Peter Quill definitely looks like his his movie version. I'm okay with that. 
I'm sure they're going to release more. I'm unclear on whether or not they might put Deadpool in this or other X-Men characters. Yeah. So for one thing, I don't know, you guys have seen the the Marvel, I think it's Marvel Strike Force commercials on TV, mm. right? So those have a lot of different Marvel characters, uh, X-Men and other MCU characters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Deadpool is in those trailers. Yeah. And I believe that's actually Ryan Reynolds doing the voice of Deadpool in the trailers. I haven't played that game. It's a mobile game, so I I don't really have interest in it beyond yeah, that. Yeah, but it it struck it struck your ear that way, so it probably is true. Uh, yeah. That or they got a sound alike. They did a damn good job if they got a sound alike. Yeah. Yeah, the only, the only thing I know about it is because the, the ad comes up constantly on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Those it ads just, are great. Yeah, it's just like... Every four posts is that is that Marvel game. It's going to be interesting to see to see that come out on the Switch. It's it's a if nobody's played it, it's a great. I guess you would call it Diablo style. Like it, you go out, you a build dungeon crawler, dungeon crawler. Yeah. It's a great example of that style. We had a lot of fun that back in the dorm days, and also after college too. We played it a little bit. Good couch co op. Good online co op. Absolutely. That's my thing. I love playing some good couch co-op games. Have you played Overcooked? I have Overcooked. I haven't played the second one yet. Hmm. We might we need to play the first one too. Exactly. We both have the we both have the first one on yeah. Switch. I think Reagan does too. I'm not positive. I think he went out and bought it after he played it at Dragon Con. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Well, yeah, we we need to play that definitely. Yeah. It I heard, is I heard really it, was, fun. it was like only couch co-op. Like the first one was like only couch co-op. It was like the only way you could it didn't um, have online. I don't know if that's true or not. Because I, I don't was, remember, but that I wouldn't be surprised. I was because I remember reading about it. I was quite surprised. And the second one's the first first time it's had actual like online co-op. You know, if no other reason, we probably just didn't know because trying to do multiplayer on the Nintendo Switch is a pain in the ass. Mm. It's almost non-existent. Mm. Online multiplayer. Yeah, yeah that's a man. game where you really need a microphone if you're going to do online play. <laughs> Yeah, you're just yelling at your I mean, own screen course, if you don't. I mean, if it's if it's couch co-op, it's, it's one of those games that are seem to be entirely worth streaming a couch session. Yeah, you guys want to stream that? I'll play I mean, it with could. you. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've actually never played it. I've just I've loved the game, but I've never played it. Just seeing oh, it's, it, it's it's lots of fun. Yeah, it it seems like it'd be a lot of yelling at each other and yeah. silliness and stuff like that. The maps will change mid-game, and you have to adjust your strategy accordingly. Yeah. We we haven't made it very far in the first one, but I remember one of the levels does that. It's the it's the ship galley. As it rocks back and forth, it moves the the kitchen around and it moves the crates. So you have different entrances and exits to the different parts of the map. That does sound kind of fun. Hmm. Well, another potential co op game that we used to play back in the day, and Devin, you've brought back for us, is uh, Minecraft. That is correct, and that's also something that was on every conceivable platform. Yeah, I found out that the Xbox One version can play with the Windows 10 App Store version, which can play with the Switch version, and then PlayStation's just kind of, you know, Sony's being Sony. Right. But the version we play is the Java version, the classic version, Mm -hmm. which they update beyond the console version, Hmm. I believe. Quite so. Yeah, I think at this point the console version is just on its own separate train. It'll incorporate features from the Java version, but it's just forever going to be behind. Well, it was kind of like I was saying the other day, there's just such an endless chase for the modding. It's more or less they're using, they're taking, see what mods become successful, and then maybe incorporate those later. 
But it seems like lately they're just mostly just focusing on selling you skins. <laughs> yeah. Just rehashing textures is basically all they're focused on. Yeah, and that's that's weird to me that they can sell skins because you just import them yourself on, I mean, on the job. Well, version. yeah, I, I, I fell victim to because some of them were just so good that I, I bought a few. I got it's you. It's dumb, more or less. Well, we, or anybody like, scoff worthy from anybody that plays the PC version of <laughs> Minecraft. We need we need to get you in on that that Java version. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So, the last time I remember playing on our Minecraft server, we hosted it at your house, right? And I know now you're using that machine that we use as a server as a test bed, right? Yeah, I let some guys from work take it to go test something and uh, haven't gotten it back yet. And, okay. But let's be clear, before that, I just shut the thing down. That's true. <laughs> it was, And we were on version 1.8.9. 8. Yeah, 1.8.9. And they're on 1.13.2 now. Yeah, with 1.14.4 being the beta. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know they've gone all the... Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I got the world file from you, or the map as they're calling it now. Yeah. And I created uh, an account with uh, an online hosting site, and I just uploaded it to there. So we have somebody else hosting it for us. And I uploaded our world, and we're able, we're able to continue where we left off, but with the new version. So there's new biomes, new creatures, all sorts of new stuff, mm -hmm. right? So we need to get in, and we need to explore, and build, and colonize. Now, is this y'all's particular server that y'all are running? Is it is it creative? Is it survival? Is it what is it? Some people have creative turned on permanently, like Brooke does creative permanently. Hmm. I like to keep survival on just because I like building that way. That's what a majority of the server was built as. So for some people we turn on creative, some people we turn on survival. Now say that's interesting because the console, at least last time I played the console, you just had to choose one. No. I didn't know you could mix it, and match. Through console commands, you can do game yeah. mode, creative, game mode, survival. Huh. Uncle Joe, your area was built mostly in survival up until a point. Yeah, I switch back and forth, but mainly what I'm doing with my tower, it's so massive that I have to do it in creative. There's just no way I could farm <laughs> well, enough materials to keep building it. Joe. The way that structure is, you almost have to have the creative mode on just so that you have the ability to move in all directions without falling to your death. Yeah. I turned on something the other day that would make death less of a consequence, at least for me. You can now turn on a mode where you don't lose your items when you die. That's really cool. Yeah. When I created the server, I was playing with some features that that website has in their management console, and they have the ability to imp implement, um, implement some mods. One that I put in there was... I think it's called MC MMO Horses. You laugh, and that's okay. But when I read it, I was like, well, this sounds perfectly fine. It's delightful. It sounds delightful, yeah. So currently in the game, you go and you find a horse. You can like put a lead on it. You do whatever. You can tame it, and then you have the ability. This is built into the game. Mm. You can make armor for the horse. Yeah, I got you there. Look at that. But, but typically you need a stable and you need to lock that gate behind you because they will wander around the area. They won't leave a certain, I think they won't leave the cell that they're in, in the map. But yeah, they'll wander off. You won't, you won't find them. Got it. No, they're, they're horses. Yeah. They, <laughs> same way in the, even the console version. They're pretty damn wily. Okay. They don't, it's so weird because they don't really have a set path except for the gate. They always find the damn gate. After that, They'll wander anywhere, but they always get through the gate. Okay, well, imagine this. With this mod, you have the ability to dismiss and summon your horse back, right? Oh. You have to basically get on it and claim it with yeah. this mod. 
There's a slash command for it. The other thing you get to do through riding the horse and doing things on the horse, you unlock abilities and skills for the horse. Hmm. For the horse. Yeah. Right? So you can like become an accountant or... Yeah, man. Yeah, that's exactly what it does. Basket, horse we- basket weaving. Amazing. Oh, it is an amazing horse. It tastes just like raisins. <laughs> my horse did my taxes. You also installed one of the more popular uh, texture packs as like an automatic thing that we can get when we join the server. I did. That was something I ever did. I never knew how to do that before, and they had an easy way, an easy interface on the website to implement that. Server resource packs. When a person logs into the server, they're prompted to download it if they want. They don't have to. And if they do install it, they can go back and enable one of theirs that they've loaded manually. Mm. And so I did that because, like Joe said, it's a very popular one. I know the Yogscast guys use it a lot. Mm. And I just did it because I could, really. When I uploaded the world file and got into playing on there, I had been off of there for a while before you had shut it down. And there was a lot of stuff on, built on there that I had never seen. That's right, because Scott had come online with his brother, and you were on there at the same time that they were starting out on it. But then you got you know, more interested in other things, and then they continued with it. During the time that Scott was on, Uncle Joe was also updating his area. That was the majority of your creative mode, flying around stuff. You, you also made the massive portal to the nether. <laughs> during that time oh yeah dark portal (laughs) yeah i noticed that i noticed that you you recreated the dark portal who was it that built there was some sort of little like dungeon that you could go into it was like a it was like some sort of cyclops head in the sand and if you walked in there there was clearly some pressure plates and some sort of dispensers that looked like they should shoot arrows at people but it it wasn't working that was me that was you yeah that was me that was pretty cool it yeah, wasn't. It, it wasn't would have been working. even cooler if the arrows would actually shoot out of there. I tried to load arrows in it just to see if I could get them to shoot, and it wasn't working. But I might know why. I think we got to reroute the redstone instead of going directly to the front of those dispensers. We need to make it go down and around the back of the dispensers and feed it directly into the back. If I remember right, it has to go one block perfectly straight into the back of it it can't be like it can't be like a it can't go with like a 90 degree angle go to it It has to be one block of like a 180 line straight to the back of it and because you have this thing going you know subterraneously i think we could i think we could easily fix that thing yeah that was that was always a huge issue of some of the more complicated stuff i did is that the red redstone had to go into each one perfectly straight so you had to make sure to make room you have each redstone go you couldn't just make some kind of weird sharp turn and get into it you had to make sure there was at least one block behind it that was perfectly flat yeah so you could make that 180 straight shot across the block messing it. with redstone is really fun but it, it can be a pain it is but i have a little logical gates like your if then kind of logical gates are a absolute blast well it's not just that it's also figuring how much it can power yeah. We learned this from messing with uh, Redstone to make that portcullis with Eric. Yeah. Um, Scott and Eric both helped with that. I want to say a single Redstone impulse, at least in vanilla, could go 16 blocks, mm-hmm. 16 block length. And after that, you need a repeater. I think the most complicated thing I ever built was it was a very thin hallway, so you could only stand on these little those little switch platforms or trap doors, more or less. So you had to stand on the trap door to get to it, but it was more like a combination lock. Of like, I think it was like six or eight levers, and you had to pull the levers in a certain order, 
And if you messed them up, the trap would open. Oh, nice. And you'd fall through the lava. So you had to open them in a very certain way to get through to get to where my chest and stuff was. Okay, jigsaw. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a long, like, the, the room that it took to build the redstone or to run the redstone was absolutely gigantic. <laughs> Even for such a small build, like, this is in no way some of the madness that people have made. But on the console version, I was pretty impressed with myself. Yeah, there's something something quite relaxing about figuring out the the redstone like, I wouldn't say call puzzles because you create them for yourself, but all the inner workings of the redstone and see what you can make in, like, the, the gates and all that sort of thing to make stuff function. It, it's, it's quite relaxing. I don't know if y'all ever explored it that much, but it was, like, one of the main things I did. Um, at least in some of the older vanilla vanilla Minecraft. Dude, there's there's stuff that has been done with just the normal redstone that blows my mind yeah like the calculators and stuff like that oh yeah people implementing an an arithmetic logic unit of a of a cpu inside minecraft so you you hit a pad on this machine that they've made inside the game with redstone and you give it additions and it'll pop out the number on a screen that they've made with blocks and these are all youtube videos you can look up but there are people that have implemented tetris in uh, Minecraft. That seems like a very fitting game to put in Minecraft. Just saying. Yeah, yeah it, it works. Mm-hmm. But I always, always felt bad because I would see the, because I would spend like a whole day making like a machine to where I could either, I could push one button and it would just shove out like the eggs or I could push another button and it would kill the chickens and flush them out so I could just, whatever I would, whatever button I would press at the end of the little mini waterfall I made the fountain, so to speak, it would either be eggs come out the end or chickens come out or dead chickens come out the end. And I would feel like such a badass because I would make it work. And then I'd go to YouTube and then see these like humongous computation machines. And I'm just like, I am dirt. <laughs> I well, am redstone dirt. Well, Brooke and I have a, uh, a book of, it was published in like 2014 or 2015 and it was all these different, you know, incredible buildings from Minecraft. And it was an actual published book. Um, and really, it was just an advertisement for some of these projects to gain some notoriety. Mm-hmm. But there was some very interesting stuff in there. But what I gathered from reading that book is that almost all of those really impressive Minecraft builds, they're, they're not done alone. Oh, no. No. There are a few that are, but... For the most part, it's a it's a team effort just because of the time involved. Oh, that was like because I mostly played it on the uh, I mostly played it on the Xbox back when you know when the Xbox had like the most vanilla version you could possibly get at the time, which uh, that was that was before it had uh, the creative mode, and you it didn't have creative mode at start. I don't think so. I wow. And or at least the server we had started on was not a creative server. Okay. But we still tried to do the substantial builds anyway, and it was quite scary because we ended up making a cathedral that was up to the cloud line, <laughs> and there was no flying. And I'm not really sure if at the time, but you know, you can do your little crouch thing where you don't fall over the edge. But I can't remember at the time if we were if we were aware of that. <laughs> but it, the work involved—it's kind of a, I kind of feel bad, obviously for. You know, you you spend hours and hours building this stuff or something something so silly. But at the time, it was extremely rewarding. But you're building like this dirt scaffolding, like you're hand placing each and every little single brick in this survival server. 
And like, there is no creative. You're not flying around. You don't have infinite resources. You have to go. If you need some more stone, you go down and you go mine the stone and you come back and you put in the furnace and you make what you need. And yet we made this humongous cathedral with none of the creative capability. It was just strictly a survival thing. Like we still had to avoid all of the dangers and the hunger and stuff like that. And as, as dumb as it was, it was quite rewarding by the end of it when we finally finished it of the many of times that we fell about 40 stories because we forgot to crouch before we walked over to an edge to lay a brick down. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's something, something quite rewarding when you're, when you build those monuments outside of something like creative mode where you have those little safety protections from it yeah, and you have all the resources. Yeah. Doing it all from scratch by hand, you kind of have a mix of just like, why did I waste my time slash, I'm fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you pat yourself on the back at the same exact time. On our server, everybody's got kind of a their own little area. Mm-hmm. But we've, I think it was Scott that went through and kind of built like a little a little roadway, a little walkway that kind of links everyone together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he and I kind of started that. He did He did one road that ran through kind of his territory and then... I did another one out to like our designated like new area that we did. That was something that he really was keen on was having roadways linking everything. We will probably continue to do that when we uh when we get back into it. It just makes more sense yeah. not having to not having to swim or oh yeah, try to arrange a boat thing. We always did like a train scott scott did uh scott did an underground train between my area and his he he built it all and tunneled it and we also have the sky rail sky rail yeah we've got that between brooks area and yours oh we need to extend that out for sure yeah and that we at one point decided we were going to try and colonize the nether and so we got into the nether and we we made a little rail system like kind of a little little tram to take us like, oh, let's take the tram up here and continue working and let's just kind of move into this, this nether fortress here. And One thing we found out, do you know what happens when you put a bed down in the nether? Hmm. It explodes immediately. <laughs> well, that wasn't cool after building the little house that we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what would this would what would finish this off? Let's put a bed over there in that corner. Kaboom! <laughs> I think we also discovered that the pigmen could ride the uh, mine carts. That's the right. They would mm. ride in the mine carts. They mm. would just get in there and start having fun. Zombie pigmen just, they're so weird. They don't do anything to you. They don't come up and try to hurt you. They just yeah. walk around. Right. You have to attack them before they'll do anything. Mm-hmm. I want to say you could do the same for... I want to say I tried to make some sort of like butcher shop or something like that. As one thing, like if you can catch a sheep on the railroad tracks and make a train go past it, it'll just boop, it'll just pick the sheep up huh. and just carry it along. Huh? I wonder if that's what was happening with the, the pigmen. I think that's probably probably what probably somebody was on the tracks as a train went by. Because I want to say I would do that. I had like a super narrow like sheep farm, and I would just send a send a train through, and it would just pick up a sheep and bring it back around where I could just take it and kill it or whatever. <laughs> So uh, it's a tram to their slaughter. <laughs> well, they have fun for the trip around to the front door. Uh huh. 
I always like again. I always had the Xbox version, but never had the PC version. I've been living the vanilla life. We'll get you in on the PC version. Yeah. We'll also introduce you to HD shaders. Yeah, I've seen. What's the fruition point? ETA, I guess to say on all of that. Uh, they've they've got them. Like Devin had Devin had them on the last time. Well, we no, were no, 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 not not the shaders. The actual like y'all's. It's up and running. Oh, is it always there already? Yeah, oh, yeah. we, oh, okay. we were on there last night or the night before. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, I may have to go uh, fork out the old fork out the old cash and get it for once. Well, let's break from that. And, uh, Uncle Joe, I wanted to ask you about something. I know that you've been replaying a game series that was originally on one set of consoles, but now it's moved on to being a part of multiple consoles. So tell me a little bit about that. What have you been playing? As you may know, the uh, third Kingdom Hearts game is finally coming out at the end of this month. Oh, wow. So, in preparation for that, I've been trying to marathon all the games before then. So, explain to me what you mean by all the games. There's not just a Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2? Unfortunately, no. Uh, It would be so much simpler that way, but uh, after the second one came out, there were several prequels that came out on the PSP and the Vita, the handheld that nobody played. There were three or four games that came out on that that sort of uh, elaborated more on the story of what happened before and in between one and two. Okay. But there's they... a reason people tend to say that Kingdom Hearts has one of the most convoluted plots out there. If you go watch a YouTube video online that sort of goes into moderate detail explaining it, it's going to run you 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> May as well just start playing the games at that point. I enjoyed the series when it first came out a lot. I, I still remember that first trailer. It had a really catchy tune, and you know, it showed off the Final Fantasy characters, and it showed off the Disney characters. Like, wait, there's a game with Sephiroth and Winnie the Pooh? Hell yes! <laughs> I've never played any of those games, but I'm interested in playing this new one. They apparently have implemented even like Disney World and Disneyland rides. You can somehow, like in an attack, implement the teacup ride. Well, yeah, that that is in the trailer. I uh, I gotta say, since I've started replaying this, the rose-colored glasses have come off a bit. The combat mechanics and just a lot of the systems in general for this game are very dated. Combat is uh, it's very rigid, or at least it starts off that way. You have you have to uh, stand still while you're attacking. You can't run around and attack at the same time. Mm. Um, that would frustrate me greatly. Yeah, Ditto. the jumping is really bad. It, for a platforming game, that's something that's really important. You said this was a PlayStation 1 game, right? PlayStation 2. 2? Well, they should have had their shit together by then. <laughs> um, and there's there's no quest log in this game. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, is it, it's not open world, though, is it? It's not, but it, they might make a vague uh, suggestion of where you need to go. And if you don't catch it, then you're just wandering around until you stumble on into it there, you don't have anything that's kind of reminding you like a quest log of you need to go do this that sounds uh, like a like, fantasy uh, game i was in agrabah that's where i'm currently at in the first game in the city you have to wander around these three or four different areas and do a few things but it doesn't really tell you where to go after that what it doesn't tell you because of that is there's this whole uh place you can go outside of the city and you just have to kind of give up and say, okay, I'm just going to leave this world before you even figure that out if you don't know it's there. Oh, wow. That sounds typical. 
Uncle Joe, I, I hear you also have a, another game for uh, PS4, and it's, it's quite the open world. Tell us a little bit about Spider-Man. It is amazing. As you would expect. <laughs> what all can you do in the game? Whatever a Spider-Man does. <laughs> I, I guess I was asking Trap for that lots one. of flies. <laughs> does but whatever it, a spider can. I, I guess I was <laughs> asking. You walk right into that it is, uh, it is really great. They get the web slinging right. That's a huge mm. plus. Um, so are you saying they no longer sling webs into open sky? No, there's none of that. You have to you have to be near something that it can attach to. Amazing. You don't web swing above the buildings anymore. Yeah, or out in the ocean. You could be latching onto a helicopter. You can do that. Yeah, yeah that, that does happen. There was a lot of helicopters back in the day, apparently, <laughs> in yeah. the old games. Yeah. I remember when that game came out for Spider-Man 2, the, the second Tobey Maguire movie. And I remember people said, this game is amazing. This is the best mm. we're ever going to see as far as web swinging goes in a Spider-Man game. <laughs> and, and you now, look back on that now, and, and that oh, and you man. say, and you say, and now you're finally wrong. Yeah. Uh huh. It only <laughs> took more than a decade. I hear there's a lot of costumes in Spider-Man. Yeah, Ooh, there's yes. a lot of great costumes. My favorite is the comic book costume. It looks like an animated comic book color version of Spider-Man. Oh, cool. Don't they even have the uh, the Spider-Man Noir? series yeah they do yeah. it looks really if i remember right if i saw it they added the peter b parker costume from into the spider-verse into the game oh cool yeah they keep adding new suits with all the dlcs as well they've also added the spider-man suit from the sam raimi movies the toby Maguire spider-man suit and that was something that the community had been screaming about for a long time and demanding and being belligerent and little shits about there was no nice way to put it the internet was being little bitches about it and unfortunately insomniac was already working on it right Mm -hmm. but they couldn't say that yeah and they had the tough decision to actually release it and make it look like they did it for the people that were Mm -hmm. belligerent about it but really they had been working on it the whole time but the internet doesn't understand how licensing works yeah. and how making 3D models work. Yeah, and just, just disregard all info that you could possibly... <laughs> it's, yeah. just, yeah. it's just what I want, and yeah, that's ne- all that is never, to it. Yeah, never mind that people have to make this stuff. Yeah. But they did put it out, and uh, it's a thing that you actually just... You get it. You don't have to go unlock it. Do they have the overly chipper, metrosexual, dancing Spider-Man version skin? <laughs> You talking where, about like his, where he does like the finger guns and dances around, like winks oh, at all the ladies. You can go land gelled up hair. You can go land on the street and walk by people. You hit a button, mm-hmm. and he he will just kind of do finger guns and wave at people. And you can fives. take selfies. Yeah, you can high five oh, and okay. take selfies with people. I was going to say if they did any kind of nod to the that particular moment in Spider Man, I would like an eighteen wheeler to collide into him. I just can't. It's just hard for me to think about a director doing that scene. I mean, the rest of it was. It was totally wire. Well, I know, but I just, it's just weird for me to think of a director filming that scene and like nodding, going, yeah. No, no, no. I yeah, think, I it. think what happened was, you know, he was, he had the symbiote and he's supposed to be a cool guy. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, nah, but we're working with Tobey Maguire. Fuck it. Be ridiculous as possible. You got to understand, this is the same guy that directed the Evil Dead sequels. Yes. And everything. Yeah. yeah. Sam Raimi is an inveterate goofball. So there you go. It, it hurt me a little. Uncle Joe, you were also playing something before we were recording on your Switch. Tell me about what you were playing. Were you possibly doing some unlocks for a certain fighting game that's on the Switch? Yeah, man. The uh, the newest Super Smash Bros. Is that the ultimate? 
Smash Brothers. It is the most ultimate so far. Hmm. Ultimatist. How, how, many, how many characters are in that one? Uh, 70 plus. I don't even know. And there's going to be more DLC characters down the line. That is frightening. I, I haven't played it, but I do know that this game has every single character that's ever been in the Super Smash Brothers. So, is that going to include Solid Snake? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. And they got, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but they got the original voice guy back. David Hayter. David Hayter. Yeah. Encyclopedia Joe over there. Jared. When you get defeated, does he yell, Snake? Snake? Snake! <laughs> I can only hope. I, I don't know if Ocelot made it into the game. It can't be. No, I don't think so. Metal Gear. This game has been sort of a way of Nintendo revealing like what games are coming to the Switch without actually saying it. Huh. They put Joker from Persona 5 in the game. Like He's a DLC you can get. Hmm. I guess that was a kind of a way of being like, hey, guess what? Persona 5 is coming to Switch without <laughs> yeah. actually saying it. Yeah. They also did the character announcement for, uh, I can't think of her name, from Animal Crossing. The little yeah. secretary character. And, and that same announcement, they announced that uh, a new Animal Crossing for the Switch was going to be coming this year. Hmm. Yeah. I think this is something that they had in the Wii U version as well, but you can make your own me, and you can you can have your me be a uh, fighter in Super Smash Bros. Oh, just like And Mar- they have multiple classes that you can choose from for your me. That's just like Mario Kart Super Deluxe. Everybody was kind of waiting for the Xbox avatar to do something like that, but they really never did. They had like the 1 versus 100 where you could use your avatar, but past that, like, even with the revamp they did, it's just like, there's no reason for these things. I like them, but you don't do anything with them. You yeah. don't even show them anymore. No. Like, that's one, like, one thing I liked about the 360 is that that was your friend's menu. And as you scrolled horizontally through your friend's list and saw everybody's avatar. I kind of liked it. It was a little bit cumbersome, but, you know. Well, you don't hurt. really do anything with uh, the Miis anymore yeah. on Nintendo. It's just so not, weird. That, not very much. Yeah. Mm-mm, it's no. weird that they just hang on to them and there's really no. Back in the day, you arbitrary. had to make one, I think, for everybody on the original Yeah. Way. But then you, again, you had the bowling and the tennis and all that kind of stuff. They were all over the place. Mm-hmm. Warrior wear. Yeah, and now like I've got an Xbox avatar, and they brought them to the they brought them to PC where you could edit them too, and it's just like I don't even see the damn thing. If you compare Xbox to Nintendo Switch, they have a lot of the uh, button presses that you get used to on the Xbox. They have them reversed on the Switch. They, yeah, no that that's a Nintendo thing. They like to yeah. use the 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 buttons on the right hand side the opposite way everybody else would, right? And and that gets really confusing because you keep backing out of menus when you mean to go forward. Well, it's so it's so funny. Do you never really notice it that that much until you go back and try to play an emulator and then button map like an Xbox controller to what. Like, say you're playing an old Nintendo game, but you're mapping it to an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. And then you during the remapping, you try to figure out, you think A is jump and B is crouch and all that kind of, But it's not. When you think back to your old games you used to play and you see how the game it takes the input, it's just like, dear God in heaven, how did I play like this? Like, X will be jump and B will be something else different. You're like, it's, it's so weird to even think about nowadays. It's like, how did we play video games? We've been so trained for... You know, we finally got that standard, so to speak, I guess, because, you know, well, not not to say that we're in button mapping, because, you know, Nintendo made its own decisions, too. But, yeah, like, difference between Xbox and PlayStation versus Nintendo, just like Super Nintendo and stuff like that. Those buttons are just so strange nowadays. Now, Microsoft has been trying to get more developers to do the, the button mapping thing. Mm-hmm. And you can see that with that adaptive controller, 
that's one of that is one of the big reasons why they're trying to get developers to do that. Yeah, uh, I got to play with that a little bit. They just they had a little Xbox area at uh, Microsoft Ignite and uh, played with the adaptive controller because I was like, I've seen this online. I just and that's, that's the one for like handicap and special needs gamers, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool, actually. So, you know, you've got two big, you got two big touchpads. Kind of like, think about like the Steam controller, right? Two mm-hmm. big touchpads like that. And it works the, the thumbsticks. On the back of that, you have the like little 3.5 millimeter jacks mm-hmm. for like every other button. Mm-hmm. And it comes with these two buttons, or a, 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 I don't know, the size of like a coaster or something. It comes with those two, and you can plug those into whichever one you want. They don't have to be equivalent green and uh, red buttons on the Xbox controller. Yeah. But you can plug that into those inputs, and say say you are handicapped, you could you know put that somewhere where you could hit it with your elbow or something, whatever mm. you want, right? Yeah. Now also, there's other buttons out there on the market you can buy or you can buy from microsoft and plug into the other inputs on the back of this controller Hmm. now being that 3.5 millimeter jack you can even use like blow tubes that Hmm. you you know i'm talking about like yeah yeah. you can use those to work different buttons on the controller wow so there's a lot of possibilities to to yeah like all the little blurbs i've seen about it always seemed like it's a pretty concentrated unit it's it's pretty cool but and the other the other thing that they do the Forza games actually utilize yeah. this. Yeah. The Forza games actually allow you to play that game with a assistive mode, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And basically imagine like you're playing on it, right? You're you're driving the car with that assistive controller and I'm over here next to you with a regular Xbox controller and I'm working the pedals. Yeah. I've seen that. I've uh I got a buddy of mine that kind of does it that way with his girlfriend because he's got like pretty intense carpal tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And she'll she'll take over some of the controls every now and again. Yeah, we I thought that was a really neat concept, yeah. so I'm glad that Microsoft's doing something towards this. Yeah. Makes you wonder if we should do that one day on the stream. Oh, get an adaptive just, just controller see, just and seeing what kind cuz you know there's obviously like the games like the uh uh, you know the, the, the guy that do the video of a, what's what's that surgeon simulator game? <laughs> oh my! But God. they would take they would take two particular parts of the keyboard. I wonder what we could do if we took like different games and um, just you Devin, you take one part of these like driving a car or something like you handle this and this and I'll take care of this and this. Oh my! What God. kind of you know goofy debauchery we could come up with and that kind of thing? Oh God, no! Well, I know what it is. Uh, uh, what's the game? Uh, Manual Samuel. Oh, Manual Samuel. Yeah, for anybody that may not know what it is, Manual Samuel, you control the entire... You don't just walk. You have to, like, manually control each person's... Like, not each person, but the guys. you got to move one foot at a time, one leg at a time, one knee at a time. Like, maybe not quite that broken up, but... And it's really difficult because you have to get from point A to point B and achieve normal day life while having to puppeteer this guy more or less well don't you also have to make that guy breathe <laughs> it may be there may be like, maybe there's like a hardcore mode <laughs> but yeah that would be really good oh that would like be two or three people stupid fun yeah or not we're gonna it hate be each other exact right? opposite <laughs> you're just shitty left leg you piece of crap <laughs> <laughs> this is this is that's what i wanted that's what I feel like it should be like in in the the Megazord for the Power Rangers, right? Or or Voltron. <laughs> I can just see right? they're all yelling at each other. Yeah. No, you fucking idiot! The left, right, right foot. God it's dang. me, then you. Me, <laughs> then you. We're gonna do a one-two punch, and I want to go first. <laughs> 
Have you not heard the old song? Put my foot in front of the other. Come on, you fucking head. Eventually, you just find out that those guys are operating off of music cues. Like they have, they have a fight song that they do, and everybody comes in at a specific beat. <laughs> it's like the waltzing step one, two, yep. step one, two, step one, two. Waltzing Matilda. Waltzing <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I like that. I kind of want. Can we can we get millions of dollars and film also the skit with the Voltron kind of thing? <laughs> can we just do that real quick too? I think Robot Chicken did it. Maybe. Pretty sure Robot Chicken did this already. Damn it! It's kind of like almost like the Simpsons did it, but of all people, Robot Chicken. Yeah, I uh, think I think they did actually. I guess we'll have to we'll have to look at just what Steam can do in terms of programming. If you took one controller and just didn't didn't, didn't give it all the inputs, well, oh, can you take yeah, a second yeah, yeah. controller and give it the other inputs? Like well, AB, the other AB, thing AB, about that, looking at it, you said it has all the three millimeter jacks mm-hmm. on the back, so. You just buy a couple of peripherals to stick into the thing. <laughs> then we're getting the whole controller for it. Yeah. Yeah. How much does the thing cost anyway? That, it's, it's like a hundred bucks, I think. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, we the uh, come across it. The uh, the Duke is only it's still in manufacturing for only what like sixty bucks. We brought the Duke up earlier. Sixty to sixty five, depending yeah. on what color, because you can get the black one, the regular black one, uh, sixty bucks, and it goes up to about sixty five for. The clear pla- the clear green plastic, and yeah. the clear red plastic. Yeah, y'all pointed that out to me. <laughs> so Joe, Joe can have his Duke once again, and the gaming world will be in fear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, it's like this. It's kind of like that kind of thing. Oh, no, Joe has the Duke. <laughs> fear me. Joe just grabs it. Goes, I have the power. <laughs> <laughs> and it lights up, but it doesn't have any lights in it. But it lights up when Joe holds it. <laughs> It completes me. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. I, I actually can't. I want the little controller to say that, like on the little screen. It's like, you complete me. <laughs> I just imagine Joe, like, gets his like, first headshot in the game and goes, oh. <laughs> the old Tim Taylor. I rock hard right now. <laughs> More power. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's modded it, like, with the little. LED screen, not LED, well, I guess whatever, liquid crystal, whatever the heck kind of technology they use. Um, little screen on front of it. Somebody's modded it to do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. some like Something that like, shows you how much ammo you got left yeah. in your gun. Ooh. Did you watch like Game Boy porn? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of... That kind of whatever bit. What, what is Game Boy porn? Well, you know, if you were to watch porn on Game Boy, the, the quality of the, the, <laughs> okay. the, the little LCD screen. Yeah. Has someone actually done this? Probably. I mean, we had the Game Boy camera. Yeah. Yeah. What's the... Uh, you, you couldn't do much porn with that because that was heat-sensitive paper, right? So <laughs> You don't have to be near it. <laughs> if, you, if you use... There were two separate things, right? You had to get the Game Boy camera, and then the Game Boy printer was a separate item, but... Mm. Yeah. I forget. What was it called? Like Rule 37 or whatever it is? Well, I guess something exists. There's a Rule porn 34. made for it. 34. Thank yeah, you. 34. Yeah, there's a, there's, it exists. There's a porn made for it. Yeah. So, Game Boy porn. Game man. <laughs> you went from Game Boy to Game Man hmm. after this, <laughs> and it's got a special grip for those hairy palms. <laughs> oh Lord! You know, so the remember when Bayonetta first came out? Oh God, yeah, yeah. All right, so people like to talk about when Bayonetta came out with her, you know, voluptuousness, voluptuousness, skin tight outfit. That yeah, there it was, was a uh, game. <laughs> people talk about how. There was a mode in the game that you could play one-handed, mm-hmm. right? 
It was supposed to be like an easy mode, right? If you just wanted to watch the, but people immediately thought, you know, yeah. well, you must be doing something else with that other hand, right? Spanking the mode. I was curious if they had that mode in the Switch port that mm-hmm. they did, and kind of. So it's still kind of a two-handed, well, sort of. I guess you could use the kickstand; you don't have to do it. But they made it to where you don't like necessarily use any of the buttons at all. Because remember, when it's in handheld mode, there's a touch screen. Yeah. So you basically just kind of like move, you just point towards where it's you want to go, where like, you want to walk. Yeah. Right. And you just kind of swipe your finger across the thing you're attacking. Damn millennials. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like just a stupid but interesting feature of the game. Uh. I think that the Switch is going to have a lot of innovations like that. I actually bought a Switch. My wife and I both picked out a game that we wanted, and I went ahead and bought it. I got uh, I got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because I always like a Mario Kart. And she got the Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. She got the add-on with it that you get for, for ordering it. Oh, what is that? The, the, that's the, the ball? Poke, that's the Pokeball that doubles at it as a Switch controller. Nice. You throw, you throw it at the screen? Um, you motion well, like you, you mo- throw it. You motion. Oh. <laughs> you motion. And it also comes with Mew, I believe. Ooh. Really? Yes. Now, yeah. I heard that this, I don't know if I guess it's this game, it actually links up with your Pokemon Go app. It can. Has has Brooke tried that at all? I know you don't play Pokemon Go. So. Um, I, Joe, well, you strike me as a Pokemon Go player. Yeah, I, yeah. I will, uh, I will have to check. I don't think she has. I'll just have to get back with y'all on that. Well, uh, let me tell you about something else that I've had my eye on and been working on. Bane, you uh, brought this one to my attention, but it is a tabletop simulator. <laughs> Anybody that plays games or does anything should should probably buy this. But basically, what I did, I just jumped in because I already had it on Steam, but I had never, I'd never actually played anything on it. So tabletop simulator, you get into there, and there's all these servers where people have created facsimiles of tabletop games that already exist you have the normal ones like chess backgammon checkers things like that and you also have much more complicated ones like settlers of Catan or uh, different versions of magic the gathering Mm -hmm. there's a lot for like pandemic and stuff like that yeah and one that i settled on when i checked it out was a game that's based off of the binding of isaac it's called uh the binding of isaac the four souls i didn't stay too long because it was you know i was tired and i just wanted to get in and and try it but for about 45 minutes this person tried to to teach me how to play this game and it it was it had voice chat and it had tabletop simulator does a really good job of giving you everything you would need to recreate a board game mm-hmm. So the guy had the cards, the guy had the rule set that you could look at inside the the game. You didn't have to go Google it, which was a good thing because when I did Google it, it sounds like it sounds like the binding of Isaac the Four Souls just came out of Kickstarter. Like they just mm-hmm. delivered on it. Yeah, they do that a lot actually. Like they'll 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 make the game if there's a Kickstarter going on, they'll make a tabletop simulator version of the game. As kind of a push to go buy the Kickstarter real game. Mm. Well, it was good that he had the rules because I couldn't find a concise rule set for it anywhere by by just Googling it. Like, it wasn't on the Kickstarter page. It wasn't anywhere. So, 
it was neat and I got to experience it. I don't know if I'll go out and play it again or, or get the game, but it was a very powerful experience to be able to experience that with somebody that obviously cared about it. And it was just, it was the complete game experience. Yeah. To me, like I'm, I'm not the, the biggest geek or nerd or whatever on the planet, but I try to tell anybody that if you're, you know, of any kind of PC gaming or any kind of nerd culture, is like you just need to own Tabletop Simulator because it's not very expensive. You can get it on sale for like $11 sometimes if you wait. And it's just got every, just about every board game you could possibly imagine yeah. on there. Somebody's got a mod for it. And most of the time, the people don't. The only time people go in and take a game out is because they're about to make a officially licensed game to put back in themselves. Okay. So the few times you see a game get pulled away, it's just going to come back in a more fully developed version that you pay like you know ten dollars for, which you know if you play pay for a real board game, it's like sixty or seventy bucks. So it's just a wonderful game. And if you're looking for stuff to stream, you know if you want like small podcast kind of whatever, if we all four sat down and played yeah. it, it's just. It's just wonderful. Like in terms of intuitive of how, you know, picking up the dice and throwing it, moving your pieces around, like it, 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 it's just short of sitting down at a table and playing it and stuff like that. Like, and also the mods are really complicated too, is that we played murder on the house, house on haunted hill or something like that. I forget the, the, it got a really long title, but, uh, somebody made a mod to where it's the little portal, you know, the game portal. Yeah. But they made a mod to where the portals work in the game. So whatever you drop through the portal comes out at the other portal. And so I made this table, and obviously you got your dice towers to where you drop them in, and they'll roll your dice and come out the other side, and it kind of contains them so it's not getting slung across the table. But I built this table using all these mods people have made, and at each chair people have one portal, and they have their dice sitting beside them. And the other, the end of the portal comes out at the dice roller. And somebody else had made a mod to where you make a virtual camera. And that you can see, you know, you can point it anywhere and project it up on these screens in the, inside the virtual room. So you can see what comes out of the dice roller on the opposite side of the table on these big projections on the wall. And so people can not, they don't have to leave their seat or whatever, move their camera all around the table. They can just pick the dice up and drop it through the portal, comes out in the dice roller ends up in the in the plate of the dice roller, projects up on the screen. They can see what they rolled, move their piece, and then hit one button and all their dice just return back to where they're seated. Huh. And that's all just from mods people have made. And that's it's pretty really, neat. Yeah, and it's just like, again, for like an $11 game, it's just absolutely crucial for anybody of any kind of geekdom to, to own the game. Yeah, one I've remembered what the other one that I sat in on was. I wasn't actually able to play because they had a full house. Well, they were in the middle of the game, but it was uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have actually played that at least once or twice, and it's pretty fun. It's a it's a superhero game, and they have many, many, many expansions by now. Anybody that wants to play a game that has like old like 1950s and 60s style superheroes in it, uh, well, it's really many types of superheroes, but... Sometimes the art style on the superhero cards matches what era of superhero they were going for with the character. But it's it's interesting that nobody's going to remember this game either, but there was a X-Men board game hmm. uh, that functioned really similarly to Sentinels of the Multiverse. And 
basically what you would do what you do in sentinels is you put down villain cards and the villains have certain powers and you as a team are trying to defeat them and you have to use what cards you have in your hand and you do draw cards that give you equipment that can help you but it's pretty fun so it's almost like a boss fight card game it is Hmm. it is yeah it's 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 a like the whole thing like again if if we ever looking for content to you know to stream whatever tabletop simulators got it it's got it all (laughs) yeah and you can i did this on open servers but you can lock a server if you okay if you are creating a game that you only want certain people to get into Mm. there's also people that just hang out and tabletop simulator and they'll play you in chess i'm pretty sure they'll kick your ass yeah i'm sure they will we don't even know if it's an actual person (laughs) right (laughs) that's what would be scary is if somebody got ai onto the problem of beating humans at some of these board games trying to think of like an ai playing dungeons and dragons or something like that that Mm. You know, as long as you've got a GM that will give you points for role playing, I don't think. I think it still would be kind of possible if you can import like the database and set a, a set uh, course of actions for what to do against a uh, certain type of creatures in that bestiary. Right. Right. And well, you know, yeah, I, I think guess, it's possible. Oh, yeah. I guess if you had, if you fed an AI all the results from some you know some some gm that keeps very good records of their games you could give them a data you could give the ai a data set that it could work with to learn i mean just strictly the combat that's all the ai would be able to do right well see which i you can like make your apps now for got her muted alexa just uh, <laughs> just make your little just make a little app of responses and then you can just ask Alexa how you think she'd respond. But Bane, <laughs> if anyone's playing us over speakers, we've just activated their Alexa. Oh. They should have their headphones on. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice red color when it mutes. Anyway. You know what is interesting? You can actually play Skyrim on it. What? what? Yeah, you can play Skyrim on it. What? On the Amazon lady? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. It was it Mrs. was done a. as a joke because they, they had that commercial, you know. Skyrim on, on oh, God. everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. And they did it. Yeah. And so I said commercial. It, it? it was a video for E3. But, but so how does it work? Like, walk forward. Yeah. Walk she, forward more. She tells you what you see, and you tell her. Ah. And then she gives you a set of, like, some choices, I think, and you tell her which one of the choices you want. So we've gone full circle then. The Amazon lady would be uh, the perfect dungeon master then. Yeah. 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 I've, I've, seen, I've seen videos people make of, like, playing video games like Fortnite and stuff with with mrs a um <laughs> i haven't watched them because they look like they'd be kind of obnoxious people to watch play games but apparently they're doing it i probably should have watched just suffer through it to see what the heck they were doing but i don't see how that works i don't either I, like again my, my curiosity was not overpowered by my judging a book by its cover <laughs> kind of thing and it's just like yeah they look kind of annoying i'm not going to watch them but apparently they're doing it i see i see little snippets of stuff on reddit all the time of people playing games now Again, I could probably watch the video and they're like barely able to function, but you know, whatever. You never know what the future may hold. How lazy have we gotten that we need voice commands to no, play video Well, games? okay. <laughs> you know, I, I want to try not to go too far into it because it's Star Citizen. And I love Star Citizen. Anyway, I'm a big fan of Star Citizen. I love that. Anyway, 
There's an app called Voice Attack, and there's, oh. there's several other ones. There's one that's like, there's one that's almost full automation. They get like professional voice actors to come in and voice out responses to whatever your commands are. Oh. Pretty sharp. Voice Attack is just a very basic one, but you you record what you want to say or you tell it what your response is going to be and it'll take that and put it as like a keyboard input and if you're playing something like oh my god star citizen (laughs) you if you're fighting and stuff like that you're obviously like for me i've got i've got two joysticks mounted to my chair so my keyboard may be a little bit away from me oh my god yeah i've got you've got the 40 year old virgin set up yeah it's it's getting for real that is hilarious yeah and don't don't I don't want to talk about the fact that I've got my eyeballs on those $700 oh my th- God. throttling flight stick combos. <laughs> anyway, you laugh. It's fun when you do it. Just a little bit deeper into the virgin kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I've accepted I'm going to be alone. It's all right. Um, so anyway, I've done it. You're going to play it. You're going to play it one day, and you're going to, you're going to do it yourself. Okay. Um, anyway, so you're playing like that when there's only so many buttons, depending on what kind of flight stick you have. But the voice commands are absolutely fantastic to have because say if you're flying you got your hands on the joysticks and you're flying around yeah and you can just say you know initiate quantum or spool quantum and it'll bring up the little menu system and it'll you know obviously in star citizen you get your little points of interest and you point to one and it'll spool your quantum drive and you can you could you feel like you know captain kirk you just say initiate quantum and it'll sure enough it, it puts in the keyboard command and off you go and if you're about to land you can say initiate landing or you know whatever words you whatever phrase you put in, and sure enough, boom, you hear your landing gear come down, and stuff like that. I can tell the engines are turned off, the engines turn on, all that kind of stuff. So a game like Star Citizen, where you have seven thousand key commands, like the voice command, is absolutely fantastic. But uh, it to be on that note, even like on console games, you remember Mass Effect three, I believe, before Anderpita. They they were going to do like they had the connect they were going to do like a lot of connect implementations and they kind of fell off most of it, but the I think it was Mass Effect three had a lot of they had voice commands at least for a while, and it was it was quite handy instead of having to go to like your little weapon wheel and pick grenades to tell it to launch or whatever, you could just say you know you could be playing and just say launch grenade and little sound it would make when it came oh, that'd out that'd be cool yeah it, it worked really well uh, it it kind of it worked so well that it kind of made me sad that connect kind of lost its way. Because I thought it was a very important piece of technology, but the the Xbox was just never strong enough to hold it. Everybody complains a bit. Everybody says the Kinect was stupid, and it wasn't. It was just the Xbox was not strong enough to handle games and Alexa. So most of... Yeah. I mean, not Alexa. Shush, honey. Shush. Uh, Cortana. Yeah, well, they weren't able to handle the Kinect system and the game. Well, the problem was uh, developer support. Well, that's why, because... Nobody the, would... Well, the Kinect took so much resources away from the gaming of the the gaming resources okay. that they would have to sacrifice frames or whatever. Like maybe they couldn't get quite to sixty frames if they had to also keep the Kinect, you know, ginning at all times okay. to to listen and stuff like that. And so that's what developers ultimately did is is Microsoft just said, All right, screw it, whatever, just you know, you can just not support the Kinect and just use those extra resources to put into your game. And that's what everybody did. To where if it was a PC, you know, it would just, you know, power it far beyond whatever it needed. And I think that was the biggest fall of the Kinect is that it just came out for the console and it just wasn't strong enough at the time. It just, it it was, it was before its time. Mm -hmm. 
and and that's that's all it is to it. And I'm kind of sad because the connect to me had just limitless potential, but developers just weren't willing to sacrifice game performance for connect functionality, at least for like the more hardcore games, which are the, obviously the ones that made the most money. But if you played stuff like Lemmings and stuff like that, where you like the little little guys that would walk across the screen, you had to do your best to keep them alive because they would just constantly yeah. fall off of cliffs or whatever. Like doing the little, you know, the little having to move your body around to have them walk across your arms and over your shoulders and try to get to the other side. It was a ton of fun. And the Connect Adventures, if you wanted some good cardio, oh yeah, play yeah, some yeah. Connect Adventures. You would be very tired by the time you got done. Like you, it wasn't it wasn't just some like little, you know, goofy giggle giggle laugh as you do stupid stuff. You play the obstacle courses. No, you're like over there with like a towel around your neck, like squirting a water bottle in your mouth. Like, good job, bro. You did great out there. Like it was, it was like physically intense. If you played some of the harder levels, like it, like the connect was so cool, but man, it just, it just lost its way. We, we had one game Brooke and I did for, uh, for the connect. It was fable. Oh yeah. yeah the yeah. fable game. Was it nemesis? I believe so. Something like that. A lot of what the connect functionality went into was just the, the carriage system like riding across the game in a carriage because you you had to keep the carriage on the road and you had to had to like battle these enemies that would come off to the side i I can't remember very much about it other than that but you had to stay in one place and you had to had to had to crack the reins on the horses if they i think a killer app for the connect would have been like a god game where you you do all the resource management yeah Mm -hmm. and build stuff like black, yeah, black and white was one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, I mean, heck, the bowling was really good. Like, at least in the, the second one was kind of crappy because they added power ups and all that kind of crap. Just the, like the original, like Xbox, you know, the like Connect Adventures, whatever it was, just the bowling, and like people didn't people didn't really get the intricacies of the Connect. You could twist your wrist when you bowled, yeah. and add a curve to it. Oh yeah, like it was it was just really well done. It was fun. The the other game. The one that came out on the Xbox One, the the one you were talking about, the, the Connected Adventures. Yeah. Isn't that the one that also had like the the jet ski the racing? Jet ski. I think that was the second one. Okay. Yeah, somehow somehow the second one didn't feel as good as the first one. It had some pretty cool games, but uh it just didn't feel as I don't know, it was almost like as as raw as the first one did, like the tennis and all that kind of stuff in the first one, just the way it felt. It's it played so well. I just thought for sure after I played those, I was like, oh, yeah, Connect's about to, you know, be on its way. It's about to, you know, really mm-hmm. change gaming. And then sure enough, just yeah, there's absolutely nothing. Nothing else came out. But then it, it makes me, again, goes back, kind of make me a little frustrated again because I'll bring up Star Citizen again. That the, that I'll talk about, I was doing it today, actually, the FOIP, what they call FOIP VoIP, mm-hmm. uh, voice over IP, which is obviously old. Yeah. But face over IP, which is the technology they use now through Faceware, and you use it like a basic webcam, and it, the the game will detect your your movement. It's not like GTA where your mouth will move whenever your voice comes through. It just makes yeah, like yeah. a little nutcracker mouth movement. This one, like, is detecting your eyes. It's detecting your actual eyelids, your actual eyes moving around. It's detecting the outside of your lips and stuff like that. So you can, like, when you talk, your character is actually enunciating and I can look around my room and people can see my eyes moving around and I can raise one eyebrow and not the other eyebrow. And like the face is wrinkling up and all the, the brow wrinkles and cheeks and all that kind of stuff. If other people in the game have it turned on and they're talking to me, I can almost read their lips 
if the server, like if the, because it just now became server-wide where other people can see it, if it runs smoothly enough for a long stretch of time, I can almost read their lips. That's pretty cool. And again, that kind of goes back to the connect. It's just like the technology is there. It's just nobody really takes the time to do it. People think nobody cares, but people are going crazy about it. Like the role players are like chomping at the bits for this. Mm-hmm. Like they are so ready for Star Citizen to kind of like come on its way. Is because, yeah, because I'm sitting there talking to somebody and like I'm in my own little mind talking and they see my eyes moving around. It's like that. If I laugh, my character actually smiles in the game and like uh, they'll be in the like a co-pilot seat beside me and I'll be sitting there flying and they can just see my little, I can just see my mouth moving and stuff like that. I can, and the camera detects your head movement so I can turn my head to the side and look back at my co-pilot and talk to him. And he's looking back at me, talking back to me, and it's just really cool. And that all goes back to why I just can't understand the Kinect didn't make it, aside the fact from just it was just all down to they shouldn't have put it to the Xbox. Yeah, I mean you can still plug that thing into a PC. Yeah, but they don't. They they kind of they don't really care. Like if you try to watch videos of people using the Kinect on the on the Windows, it's like some super raw, doing some like debugging and skeleton detection and stuff like that. Like, the most you'll find is, like, it, it does the, where you can sit down at your computer, and it'll realize that it's you and log you in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, through Face ID. Yeah, that's, like, the most anything that's, like, marketed for the Connect that it does now. It is, like, completely which, not which talked about. Which our, fo- our phones do that. Yeah. So, it's... it's I want to say I saw something a while back that somebody had developed, like, a software kit for you to use the connect for like, if you're making your own game and yeah. you want to do some cheap mocap, mm-hmm. there it is. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So you like they, mocap your character models with that thing. Yeah. And that's, and that's what kind of makes me a little sad is because it, the only people it's so funny though, because the people that are using the connect are doing incredible things. They're just like super professional developers. Like they're doing some, like they're super advanced people with advanced, super advanced knowledge, nothing on a consumer level that would, you know, maybe affect us. And I mean, heck, I've, I've seen articles where people are doing surgery via the Connect. What? Yeah, like the doctors are able to like remote surgery because it can detect hands. I don't know what I how to feel about this, man. I'd, yeah, mm. it, it's probably it's probably a little bit you know testing phase, but there's a lot of major companies like science based companies that are using the Connect. Because of what it, it it's in, its ability to interpret. Well, that, that that's unfortunately that's the that's the end point for a lot of stuff that Microsoft does. It looks super cool, like Hololens. Mm-hmm. Oh, you all remember when oh, Holo, yeah. Hololens came out? It was supposed to be like a it was supposed to be a, an AR or maybe it was a VR technology. AR. A, yeah, it, augmented reality and haven't heard anything about it yeah the more i see about it it's pretty much like like it's almost completely commercial there's like no consumer yeah market for it and that's because that headset is stupid expensive yeah Yeah, but at the same time you know it's you don't really get a lot of advancement until you throw stuff like that into the into the market i don't at least i don't feel like you do there's also that that original microsoft surface before they turned that brand into uh into a laptop it was actually a big table yeah i remember that they had some cool stuff based off that yeah well guys just like certain games we've reached a stage with a save point and that means it's time to wrap up the podcast and give the lovely people listening some 
idea of how to get in contact with us. So, Devin, we maintain an email address, don't we? We do. And what is that email address? If anybody would like to write into the show, we have an email address, and that is underachievementspodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Are we on Twitter at all? Not really tweeting anything currently, but that may change. At underachievement because of character constraints. We said we've been streaming lately. Um, maybe we should give the people our uh, Twitch accounts just in case they want to follow those. I am Penguin on Twitch, P-N-G-1. Uncle Joe, you haven't been streaming anything currently, but you said that might change. Maybe. What's your Twitch handle? It's Maytender? Yeah. M-A-Y-T-E-N-D-E-R. How about you, Joe? Uh, my Twitch handle is Grizzly401K. Bane, do you have a Twitch you want to plug? I do, but I don't use it currently. But it's Jangalang, J-A-N-G-A-L-A-N-G. Bernie Mac, God rest his soul. <laughs> is that where that's from? Yeah. I never from, knew that. From the movie Life. I never knew With, that. Uh, I think it was Martin Lawrence and Bernie Mac and I think maybe Eddie Murphy. I can't remember. But yeah, Bernie Mac's character was named Jangalang, Jangalang. I never knew that. For some reason, that stuck with me. I don't know why. So I've just had that for centuries now. Centuries. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed it. And that was the first time I played League of Legends. (laughs) (laughs) That son of a bitch! And that was the first match of League of Legends that I ever had. I got a tattoo of his gamer tag, so I wouldn't forget who he was. (laughs) 